going on everybody welcome to another episode of your intention matters the podcast thank you very much again for freeing up the time my name of course is still paul madat today i have kevin timoni he is evp national sales coming to us from amwins connect kevin how are things man ah they're going good paul thanks for good. having me hey, hey how'd i do on the name you nailed it you know did i, I got it did i get it and pumba and i you know so you added the e and i appreciate that well listen <laughs> I mean, as a guy who has a last name madot it gets mado maday madit like i get it man so it's all good so listen thanks for freeing up the time it's great to meet you do me a favor say hi to everybody provide a quick intro and then we'll jump into your journey here sure well uh hello everybody it's uh, great to be here and uh, get the time with paul uh, as Paul said, Kevin Simone, EV, EVP of sales for Amwins Connect. And, uh, you know, I'm a pretty simple guy. I've been in the sales arena my whole life. I'm passionate about sales. Uh, my kids can probably do uh, as much selling as I can, you know, listening to me walk around the house these days with the headphones on. And so i um, blessed to have two little girls, one going into high school now, Madison and, and Taylor just behind her and uh, married my college sweetheart, Alyssa, who stays at home. And very involved with them and, and some of their extracurricular activities. But hey, I got it good. I love the sales world. I love the pressure. And uh, it's, it's fun and exciting to be able to share some of those things with you, Paul. Thanks for, thanks for letting me be a part of this. Well, I appreciate you being here. Uh, you know, where's Granite Bay? So Granite Bay is a little uh, lake town just uh, next to Folsom, California. Uh, Johnny Cashland, uh, you may uh, have heard of that, uh, just um, about 25 miles above Sacramento. Got That's it. Okay. A better so, location for most people. <laughs> so you're NorCal. I am NorCal. Oh, got it. Okay. Got it. Okay. Good. Well, let's, let's get into it then. So, you know, as I was talking to you before I hit record, we talked about the title of the podcast, Your Intention Matters. It's all really built on mindset intention because if you don't have it, the status quo doesn't really change. Nothing is really given to any of us. And so, with that said, I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. You want to get started? I do. I like that. All right, here we go. So let's go back in time. We're going back 20 years now. Uh, CSU Chico, business administration, business overall, the early 2000s, 2001, uh, really challenging time in the world. Uh, 2001 was September 11th and the, the turn of Y2K and everything else. And so, you know, you go back 20 years now. Do you recall having a, a thought in terms of what you thought you might be doing with your career? Was it, were you dialed in on something or was it just, I got to get my degree and we'll figure it out or all points yeah. in between, where were you at? Well, you know, that's it, you know, and, and, you know, growing up, uh, my mom used to tell me, you're, you know, you're one heck of a salesman. And so you hear that enough times and, and sometimes that's a good thing because yeah. you know, she'd have to debate me on, you know, going out late or being able to do something with my friends. But you know, sales has always been a part of me, kind of my DNA. And, you know, I was blessed to, uh, to have some friends that I'd gone to high school with, Paul, and um, her dad was in the business. And so uh, as I started to look at exiting my college career and getting into the real world, I had a, a soft landing, so to speak. And uh, it happened to be in the insurance business. And rightfully so, uh, did my interview and asked me what I was good at and coming out of college. I can name a few things, but none of them were applicable to selling or insurance. Sure. I'll leave it at that, but uh, quickly put me in a you know a bit of a developmental role. 
uh, at that organization. And it, it got, you know, gave me the chance to get a sense of, you know, I think first off, like what, what business really is, you know, we, we go through high school and college, you know, either flipping pizzas or delivery. And so when you come out, you know, they don't teach you enough life skills. Yeah. And so just getting out and starting to familiarize myself with, you know, punching the clock and, you know, being on time and time management, being responsible and doing the things to be, um, you know, to be good at what I do, that was pivotal, uh, pivotal in my life is, you know, having that soft landing and then having good mentors around me that kicked me in the butt and told me to get after it. And, and that kind of was really the springboard to, to take me on my journey of where I am today. And so your, your first kick at the can was insurance sales then? It was. Okay. It was. Well, in fact, uh, truth be told, it was more of a sales installment. And so uh, the sales, uh, sales folks at the organization would go out and do their thing. And, and when they were successful, they'd ask me to go out and install the group. And so I would you know, give them the forms and I teach them about our website. And, and it's still a selling position. I think everything in life is, has a, a, a sure. touch of selling in it. Uh, but yeah, so it was, it allowed me to be in the environment, but not on the front line. Gotcha. So when did you convert or when did you convert if you'd ever did into frontline sales? Yeah. So not too long after that, you know, spent, spent a couple of years, um, you know, in, in, in the mailroom to be exact, uh, you know, out driving, uh, putting gas in the car and getting out there yeah. and, and meeting with clients. Um, so it was a, it was probably a couple of years and then I had gotten the opportunity to become an outside salesperson. And in the insurance business, that's known as a regional sales manager. And so here I was, uh, you know, corporate credit card, uh, fancy suit. And off I went in Orange County and, um, you know, started to meet with clients and, and try to learn the knack of, of building relationships and, and then ultimately trying to convert that to sales. So a couple of years into the business. So, you know, I, I'm familiar with insurance sales more than arm's length. Uh, I know some to be full-time employees, some to be 100% commission. What, what were you at the time? Yeah, so this was, uh, geez, that's, uh, again, you know, a long time ago. So we had a base salary, and then you had incentive based around that. Okay. So uh, you go out and, and produce on a monthly basis, and then you're compensated based on that volume of production. Um, and then you have a little bit of security there with the base salary. And, and of course, you got the company card and, and maybe a subsidy that allows you to kind of position some sales a little differently from the competition. But in a nutshell, it was base plus commission. You know, I have to ask you a question. I, I spent 10 years working for Xerox and I was selling copiers for 10 years and printers. And, and on the outside, that sounds like pretty vanilla, like just pretty like like it's copiers, like who cares? But I loved it. I, I loved the interaction. And so as an outsider, when I hear insurance sales, I'm thinking that's about as exciting as watching grass grow. Like it's just, it doesn't <laughs> sound like there's all, but I'm curious about something. Did you enjoy that type of sale, uh, like that type of selling that product with auto and home and life and whatever? Like, did you actually enjoy the, the, the product you were actually selling? You know, it's a great question. And I'll, I'll be the first to tell you is that the insurance market is anything but vanilla. It is. Okay. Uh, an incredibly complex, especially back in the days when I started um, about positioning the right carriers and products and networks and benefits. And, and let's face it, that sale that you have or that takes place is incredibly important to people's livelihoods. Um, people are at different stages in their life where they may have uh, just uh, looking to have kids uh, they could be aging. They could be come across a particular ailment that they need help with. And so you really get an opportunity to get to know the brokers first off, because that's who we supported. Yeah. And then ultimately engaging with their clients on what was most important. So, 
you know, I really took it to heart when I sat down with somebody who, you know, and in general, a lot like you, Paul, don't know a whole lot about insurance. And oftentimes uh, my team is, are, you know, really the smartest one in the room. They've, they've studied it. They understand the complexities of how to give somebody an HMO or a PPO or, you know, how does that, you know, what does their RX benefit look like? And so, you know, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't like watching grass grow and it's a, it's a fast evolving marketplace. I mean, if I look back, you know, 20 years ago to today, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's completely transformed, um, especially under Obamacare and the things that have impacted us legislatively. It, uh, but uh, still very exciting and, and, and always evolving. So a lot yeah. of fun with that. Well, you know, it's funny that, that you say that because you remember when we were talking before I hit record, I'd said that the, as far as I'm concerned, the only difference between any of us is the logo on the bag, right? And, and as, as I hear you speaking about your previous venture in your career, it takes me back to when I was at Xerox sales and copiers and like nobody really cares about that stuff, but the, the impact that we were having, I, I got I got jacked up a long time about the technology and the impact and the cool stuff it was doing. But to a total outsider, it's like let me just press print. Like it doesn't really matter, right? So, uh, so well, it's pretty cool it's, that the, the same in return. We look at these IT software SaaS sales. I mean, you know, we're always looking the other way, right? I think yeah. that's pretty pretty common with salespeople. You know, we look at you know, whether you're a mortgage broker, whether you're yeah. selling SaaS or insurance, there's always this little, you know, you're intrigued as to you know, what is that environment like, but appreciate both sides. So, you know, Kevin, uh, you, you were an, uh, an individual regional sales manager responsible for, you know, your own livelihood, your own number and et cetera, et cetera. And so when did you move into leadership, whether it be managerial VP, whatever, and, and what was behind that? Well, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I think, you know, for, for, for me personally, you know, there's, there's progress in everything you do. And I looked at it from the perspective of to learn the trait as best as I could, Le learn the ins and outs, get into the trenches, roll up the sleeves and, and really understand what it took to be a successful salesperson. And, and before I left, uh, you know, selling every day, I felt I had reached that point where I had I gotten to a point where, you know, you never really master sales, but you get to a point where it becomes more intuitive, right? It becomes where you get up and you naturally go out and you, you know, it's more like clockwork. And so I've always been one that likes to challenge myself. You know, I don't like to be comfortable and getting into management, going from, you know, player coach to coach and evolving there was something that I was really excited about. And, but it all starts with, you know, letting my boss know that, you know, I felt that this was you know, a stage in my career, but certainly not the, the end of it. And that I wanted to progress through the organization. And, and lucky for me at the time, I was, I was at a company that really, you know, created that pathway for growth for those that wanted to, you know, put in the extra work and the time, because it wasn't just a straight transition from sales to boss, right? You have to go through the extra time in the evenings and in the morning yeah. and taking on additional meetings while still selling. And, and so then you eventually migrate, but, you know, it's really about, never wanting to be comfortable, Paul. I mean, you know, and, and I'm still to this point today, even as EVP, there's, you know, pressure on myself to continue to grow and, and do things just like this, you know, podcasts, which yeah. you know, I wish more people did it. Thank God you're doing it, but it's another one of those things that expands you and allows you to grow. And, and so that was really the, the impetus of the springboard to go from, you know, player to coach was just to continue to challenge myself. And, and I'm, I, you know, I, I, I really like to see people be successful and if I could offer help and, and play a part in their success, that was really meaningful for me, almost more mm. than getting the paycheck at that point in my career was to see, 
you know, meeting somebody early in the morning to help them, you know, role play on an opportunity and then have them go out and sell it. I really got a lot out of that. And how many years back did this first transition happen? You know, so that was probably, uh, let's see, probably 10 years ago. Okay. All right. So 2010, 2011. Okay. Yeah, roughly in that area. Uh, maybe a little bit before that. You know, like I said, there was a transition period, but 10 is 10, good for this talk. Sure. Fair enough. Were you still in Irvine, Southern California, Orange County? Yeah, I was. Um, you were. You know, I, I had actually bounced back and forth a couple of times because like um, I'm sure many sales people, uh, there's a point where uh, you want to you know, buy a house. And you want to uh, maybe start a family. And so living in Orange County, which is, you know, not the cheapest place to, to do those things. Yeah. Um, the company allowed me to move up to Northern California. So I've actually been a transplant, admittedly, twice. So came up, went back, and now I'm back here. But um, yeah, that's where I cut my teeth, so to speak, was in Orange County and loved every bit of it. Just a great, great group of people down there, great brokerage community, and, you know, just really enjoyed it. You know, the, the California being such a big state, I, I'm a lot more familiar with Southern California because of my business there. My two partners are there. And so I, I know Orange County for a guy who's never lived there. I know the five very well and the 405 very well and, and, and Orange County. And I've been to Northern California many times as well. Um, vastly different uh, in terms of, um, you know, scenery and weather and, and just lifestyle and everything else. And I have a friend of mine who uh, she used to live in Southern California for the longest time, went to Northern California, has been there for years, but it was a real transition. So did you enjoy the move from Southern California to Northern California, or was it a bit of a, a shock to the system the, the final time you did it? No, it, it you know, it, in fact, it ended up being one of the best things I've ever done, Paul. You know, okay, nice. I, uh, I'm an avid outdoorsman, you know, and I, and I really preach that to my reps to have hobbies and have, you know, things outside of work. And, you know, hunting and fishing and, and enjoying the outdoors, camping with my daughters is a real passion of mine. And, and let's, uh, let's be honest, down in Orange County, you don't get a whole lot of that. And so no. being able to, you know, and I, I was 40 years old when I made that decision. We've been up here just over three years now. It was, uh, it was the right timing. Uh, you know, the, the, the career move was, was, you know, had lined itself up really nice. But, you know, my wife's family's up here. We got aging, uh, aging parents. And so we're able to be closer to them. And, you know, the kids are in great schools. And so the transition went really well. Now, I love going back down to Orange County. You know, I get a little Sabatino's down in Newport Beach, <laughs> and I, you know, enjoy uh, Newport and those things. And so whenever I get uh, homesick, if you will, I'm able to jump on a plane and go down there and get my uh, get my fill. You know, I, whenever I'm there, I always have to hit uh, Javier's at uh, uh, off the off the one. Off the PCH, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so okay. So let's talk about um, what's going on with Amwins right now. I know you've been there, I think, three years now, you were saying. Uh, you're going through a branding change. We're in the middle of a pandemic still in the last 12 months have been anything but, you know, smooth waters. And so uh, how are things with uh, the company and the, the what's going on there and the pandemic and family and how, you, how have you managed, call it the last, you know, 12 to 18 months? Yeah, no, great question. You know, you're right. Going into the pandemic, it was scary, you know, for everybody. Um, what, what, what was evident immediately is just the, the leadership at, at Amwins and, and our ability to uh, mobilize in a really fast way. Um, you know, we've got a very flat organization here at Amwins where, you know, people are very open. They have the ability to, you know, communicate and talk about, you know, there's a lot of fear, you know, on the onset. People are, you know, what, what is my role going to be like? What's this? Oh, yeah. Role? 
And, and what ultimately ended up happening was there was a, a ton of silver linings, I think, in this. And, you know, I'm an optimist by heart, you know, by nature. And so, you know, when you can transition the organization to look at what opportunities present themselves over the next 18 months, and that's exactly what we did. Uh, we learned to adapt, um, which is incredibly important. Be, you know, make pivots, be, make audibles when you needed to. We, we certainly embraced the Zoom culture as you and I are here today. Uh, and then create the ability to still, you know, create connections with our client base, you know, different methods to get out there and, and get them to call you back and to set up different environments for selling. Right. So that, you know, that whole experience, I think, you know, down the road, we're going to look back on it and smile, you know, not every day was like that most definitely, but look back on it and smile because it forced us to probably walk away with more tools than we had going into it, which is, you know, bracing technology and, and using different tools in order to continue to sell because let's face it in sales, you know, you still got to sell, you know, yeah. the, you know, and, and there's not a lot of excuses that will get in the way of that because the, the company still needs to move on. The salespeople still have accountability to get it done. And that was probably the most exciting thing, Paul, is to see the team come together, unite and embrace each other. And I think we're closer because of the event. And now coming out of this, which I think we all are, it's, it's put us in a position to, to really thrive. And, you know, under towards the tail end of this in April, uh, Amwins Connect went through a, a rebranding. Um, LISI is the West Coast operation. And we brought in uh, a mid-Atlantic company as well as uh, some folks out over on the, on the East Coast. And so we're a month into our rebranding. Um, our goal is to, uh, you know, become a formable competitor as a national general agency. Um, which we're ex extremely excited about and the team's excited about the new resources and energy. And it's just all about getting up every day and getting after it. Nice. And I, I certainly appreciate your mindset with that. You know, I think about 2020 and now even almost halfway through 2021 and, you know, things are still bad and there's still a lot of uncertainty. And it's, I, I think there's a light here, but, but I'm convinced that the history books will look back on 2020 and 2021 more as a positive uh, in terms of the, the impact on the world moving forward because of, of what we did and how we changed priorities and we did different things. And yeah, it's not so great right now in the last 18 months or 12, 15 months have been hard, but I'm convinced long-term it's going to be pretty good overall that they'll look, say, oh, that was a, that was a good thing for the world in the end because of, of the, you know, the ripples that it had uh, in terms of what we're doing, because I think we're coming out of it now. And so Kevin, you've had a great run, man. I mean, this is a pretty cool story that you've had thus far and, uh, up and down the coast, Northern California, Southern California, you're a dad, husband, uh, insurance, leadership, and you figured out a way to, you know, to get through some choppy waters. You started your career when the world was in turbulent times. And, and now it's, it's, you know, turbulent times different, but uh, still choppy waters as well. And so, you know, really a hearty congrats on, on what you've been able to create thus far. You know, I always like to ask anybody who's a guest on the podcast, if there was one piece of advice or feedback or something that's maybe served you well, what's been your foundation? You know, I, I, I think one of the things that has, has served me well, and it, it certainly has served those around me well who take it to heart is to uh, go to bed with more than you woke up with. And that doesn't necessarily mean Paul, a, a sale or a new broker relationship. That could, that could be a number of things, both right. personally and professionally. But if you can make it a point every day, when you wake up, take some inventory, you know, take account of what you got and what you're trying to do that day. And before you shut your eyes, take inventory again. And, and when you get into that mindset of trying to pick up the little things uh, before long, they equate to big things in your life. And, and 
it all adds up to that. And, you know, yeah. I think with that mindset and, you know, trying to drop some of the intuitive things we do and get into more intentional behavior where you get up and plan each day differently. I mean, the clock goes off that, you know, everything still kind of operates around you the same, but your planning can change the outcome. And so when you Love go it. about your day and you have real intention and real purpose, and you can take inventory on what you're trying to accomplish I think things are going to work out for you. And I really think the sky's the limit. They certainly have put me in a great position, but not without a bunch of people around me to help me. And as sales leaders, that's our job is to give the same thing back to all the sales folks that are, you know, in different stages of their career, but really help them, you know, take advantage of the, you know, selling environment and mentorship programs and, and all the resources that now are available to us. I mean, now let's face it. Nowadays, sales folks have more tools and more opportunities than I would say so ever before. You know, we don't have, uh, you know, the, the yellow pages in front of us, right, Paul? I mean, it's a different world. So that would be my, uh, that would be my, my, my best thing I could communicate uh, to the sales world out there is take inventory and get after it. And for those of you who aren't familiar with yellow pages, in terms of what Kevin just said, Google it, just Google yellow pages phone book, and you'll see what, uh, what we're talking about here. So, cause that's what we had to use back in the day at some point. Right. So Kevin, great to have you on, man. Thanks for freeing up the time. You bet, Paul. Thanks for everything and good luck to you the rest of the year. Thank you very much. All right, everybody, let's wrap this episode up right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Let's go, Leafs.